This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Zach Ferran. He's a 22-year-old Apple employee, and he's listening to the show and loving it. For your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it to enter. Coming up tomorrow morning, guys, we hear from Jerry Bolander. His healthcare startup raised $420,000 to handle your blood. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning. So many of you are talking about yesterday's episode, and you're also going to be talking about this one with Chad Whitman. Chad loves building things that matter. He's the co-founder and VP of product at Dolly, and he was former founder of EdgeRank Checker, which was acquired by Social Bakers. Chad, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, I am. Let's do it. Okay, tell me first about EdgeRank Checker. What year did you start it in, and why did you create it? I think we started Edring Checker in about 2012, uh, and I was at an agency. We were doing Facebook analytics, and I found that well, we were doing social media management, and I found that I spent most of my time doing analytics and reporting. And there was this thing called the newsfeed that was driving me crazy, and I wanted to understand <laughs> how to be the best social media manager around. And so have, how do I drive more business for more people? For better clients. Yeah. So, so when did you make the transition, Chad, from inside the agency to full-time focus on EdgeRank Checker? Uh, we were working on things for about a year and a half and then made the decision to kind of quit my job and start the startup and start doing this kind of full-time. Um, and so it was kind of managing stuff over a year and a half period before I made the jump. Okay, got it. And, and, you know, we have a lot of listeners at the Top Tribe. They're always thinking about, you know, I have a corporate gig or I'm stuck in an agency and they're trying to transition out. How much were you, just out of curiosity, how much were you making in the agency and was that hard to give up when you transitioned out? Uh, you know, I, was, I wasn't making all that much. I'd say I was making, you know, maybe 50, 60,000 or something for me personally. And it was one of those things where my, my boss kind of came to me and said, hey, I see this opportunity. I think you can make well over a million dollars working at an agency doing this. And he showed me this crazy spreadsheet that made basically zero sense to me of how I was actually going to do this. And I said, screw that. I'm going to quit. I'm going to do my own thing. That's how I see myself getting to a million dollars. Got it. Okay. So you stopped, you did your own thing. So walk me through the growth of edge rank checker. What was the, what were you actually selling and what was the, you know, how could people buy it? Uh, yeah, so we built a Facebook analytics kind of Facebook insights, and you know this better than anyone else. Facebook insights at the time was absolutely terrible. And so we sat down to essentially build out a website um, and a web application that in order uh, enabled us to go do this at scale. And so sat down, started building it. I think it took us about uh, about a month or two to actually build out kind of version one. Um, I had built the very, very, very smallest prototype, and that was starting to gain some steam, maybe 10,000 free users uh, using the app kind of really regularly, some big brands. It took us about maybe two months to build out a kind of a professional version of that. We then launched it, uh, crossed our fingers, went to bed that night thinking that maybe we'd what, be what year was that? What year was that when you launched? Uh, that would have been probably 2012, I believe. Okay. Yeah. yeah I went to bed, wanted to see what happened the, you know, the next... Uh, we wake up with a lot of sales, not many sales. Um, and I think we woke up to like five sales. So it was kind of like, okay, this at could what, be really at interesting. At what price point? 
Uh, I think most of our plans sold at $30 a month. Okay. So, so you, now you're at 150 bucks a month and you're going, should I have taken that spreadsheet my boss was going to give me? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And we, it was actually really fun because that next day uh, we had a, a little setup where when the email would come in with the receipt of a sale, it would make a little cha-ching sound. <laughs> and so the first one came in and it was like cha-ching. We're like, hell yeah. You know, super excited. We got a couple more. Who we're is we, excited. by the way? Who is we? Uh, so my two other co-founders that were at the agency with me, we all quit. So it's uh, Jason Norris and Kelby Hahn, and they're actually two of my co-founders at Dolly, which we can get into later. But um, yeah, so the, the little cha-chings were coming in, and we had to shut it off after after lunch because it was just going cha-ching, ching 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 It was like starting <laughs> to have a little meltdown, so it was super exciting feeling. And and just out of curiosity, because we have a lot of students that are maybe using their local entrepreneurship clubs to start their own businesses, and they're always having equity debates with co-founders. How did you three decide how much equity each person would get? Yeah. So for the first business, it was, it was kind of a really basic process of like, okay, let's start at 33% for each. And then how do we distribute it based on what else we could be doing? Um, and so like my co-founder who was doing all the development, like he could have worked at, you know, Google or something or Facebook of that, of that nature. And so it was like, okay, how do we, we, how do we shift that over to make sense for him? So we started at 33% each and then we adapted. And I think that's great for a small business model. When you start talking about VCs and series A, uh, that model changes a little bit. Yeah, that's actually, I've never heard anyone kind of articulate it like that, where you start with the baseline, then go from there based off opportunity cost. I love that approach. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. Okay, so take us forward. So you wake up in the morning, five sales, ching, ching, ching's happening during lunch, you shut it off. What revenue did you grow it to, say by the end of 2013? 2013, I, uh, I can't remember the exact number, uh, but I know within two months we were making about um, about $20,000 a month uh, with Edger and Checker. And so that at that point was kind of where I considered break-even-ish type cost. Um, and then by the... How much were you guys paying yourselves each? Uh, let's see. I think I was drawing a salary of about 20, 25000 to start off. And I think we were all around that same thing. And we wanted to all get to about 50 or something before we felt like we were actually making what what we could kind of at our, at our old jobs. And yep. then the rest was kind of, you know, gravy. Icing on the cake. Okay. So, yeah. so fast, fast forward here. You then, you, you built the thing and you sold it to social bakers. When did you sell it? We sold it last year, so that would have been summer of 2014. Okay, summer. And and what did you guys grow revenue to b- b- month before you sold it? Uh, well, actually, and you and I have had some really interesting conversations in the in the winter of 2014, kicking the tires a little bit uh, on that drink checker. But I think we had just I wanted, passed... By the way, I, I, I wanted to buy it, but I was like, you know what? Uh, I was like, I, I need to just kind of... W-. You didn't seem serious at the time. That's probably what <laughs> it was. I'm like, you know, it's pointless trying to convince a founder to basically get rid of their baby when they really don't want to get rid of the baby. Yeah, I think that I remember the conversations and I was really impressed by how much you knew and how many great questions you asked me that I had no idea to. And it was actually a phenomenal experience for me as an entrepreneur because what I did to answer your questions, then I had this framework to go talk to social bakers and say, I know my shit because Nathan (laughs) already asked me all the hard questions. And so now I know those numbers. You asked me so many basic questions that I didn't have answers to because I ran our business like it was the Wild West. Are you talking about so like Arpu you. and CAC and LTV, all that? Yeah, you drove at a lot of those things, even basic churn. You're like, Chad, what's your churn? I was like, I don't know. And you're like, that's crazy, dude. You have to know that. And, and so uh, I'm much appreciative well, see, of, of I, you kicking the tires. It's always hard. Like, first off, I got that education from a guy named Ryan Alice. Uh, yeah. Eye contact it was going to, you know, 
we went through a little purchase process with Hayo early on and we ultimately said no, but I learned from him. So I'm, you know, I'm, ha- I'm glad that that worked well. And, you know, it's funny because whenever you're negotiating, like, and looking to buy companies, you want to try and have a rational negotiation. The problem is, is if the other side isn't using or know like the same rationale you're going to debate them with, it makes no sense. It, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? So my, the reason I asked about churn is because I knew I could maybe drive a better deal for Hayo if we were going to buy you guys, if your churn was like way higher than industry standards standard, which I thought it might be, but we never really, you know, we didn't really get that far. So what did you grow? What did you end up growing it to before it went to social bakers? Yeah. So I think we were doing about, I think about 60,000 a month at the, at its peak. Okay. Got it. And walk me through that negotiation. I mean, how did that work? I mean, I know we spoke, but did you run a big process after that with a bunch of people? So we had basically kind of two horses in the race. Um, uh, Simply Measured was interested in us, and yep. so was uh, Social Bakers. And we were starting to work on Dolly already, and so that we had this interesting proposition where we were going to sell the technology but not the team. And some companies were really interested in that, and some companies weren't. Uh, and so for me, it was find, trying to find the right companies that that were interested in just the technology or the branding. And Social Bakers was an awesome fit because they were trying to get into the American market. They really needed something to prove their newsfeed knowledge uh, worthiness and. Edgerin Checker was the it was kind of the shining gem for them that fit into this bigger conglomerate that made a lot of other things un, unlocked for them. So, how did you negotiate the sale price? Uh, so, sale price was really essentially we we dove into the metrics that you pushed me on, and I, I finally understood those and learned those and took the time from when you and I talked to when I actually sold the business and and understood those. And then really we got to this point where we said, hey, the business is kind of worth this type of number with this type of math. And then what's the multiplier in that? And so really it came down to what the multiplier negotiation was and then some of the finer details like the earn out and things like yep. that. Well, give me the math equation that you used. I mean, again, and I, I assume you're thinking like, you know, MRR times 12 annualized times a discount because churns high times this equals X. What was that math like? Yeah, so it's pretty close to that. I think that in in hindsight, we got a pretty nice deal on the churn. The churn wasn't too much of a of a negative impact because they felt like a lot of our really old customers were still of really interesting value because we saw a lot of people that churn churn from from paid to free and then back to paid depending on campaigns. And so we had this little like oscillation uh, thing in our business where just because we lost them didn't mean we lost them forever. And so yeah. I think social bakers looked at that as an upsell opportunity. And I actually had the great opportunity to talk to with Jan who acquired the business uh, just, just last week, I was like, Hey, now that everything is, the dust is settled. How did that net out? And he's like, I actually think it was, it was a really strong move for us. It, it wasn't a home run, but I think we made our money back and then some, and we've been able to unlock some branding out of it too. So, um, but the equation was roughly kind of how you described it, where it was, it was kind of the monthly recurring revenue time and annualized out. We had a very small penalty for the churn rate because okay. of the interesting opportunity. And then we picked a multiplier. And what, what was the multiplier? Um, I believe we got a four, a four X. Okay. So you basically took MRR times 12 months. That's what Chad means when he says annualized times four X, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Great. So that's, that's, and, and, and walk me through when it happened. You just mentioned earnout. So this top tribe might not know what earnout means. What does that mean? And how'd that work in your deal? Yeah. So for, you know, the, the standard deal that you hear is a company gets acquired by Google. They go work there for two or three years as they get their, either their cash uh, incentives or their equity incentives at that new company. Um, and so normally it's like this two year thing. If you read uh, Zappos and their and their story, uh, he he quit and right in the beginning of his earnout, so he took like a fourth of what he <laughs> sold the business for to go do his next thing. 
Um, but so for us, our net was a little bit interesting because it was essentially a six month total package deal, which is a pretty crazy thing in the industry. So from the day we inked the deal and closed the deal, we were going to have all of our money and all of our equity in, in six months. And we were going to have a majority of it within two months if we transitioned and revamped the entire product to fit into their ecosystem. So for us, it was essentially, you know, 90% of our of the earnings were in those first two months. Uh, and then the rest was kind of a this six month like maintenance type mode. So it's what percentage of the deal was cash up front versus you had to wait, you know, up to six months to get it? Yeah, so we did a we did a roughly seventy five twenty five uh, cash equity split just in general, um, and then I think each of the payment periods were like you know the the first payment period was I think forty percent of the deal in you know so just forty percent of the deal and then forty percent of the deal and then twenty percent of the deal. So, uh, but true that, or false, you got all the earn. It's it's past six months now. You've got all the earnouts, right? You, you, yeah, yeah. Great. You know. You know, it's one of those things as an entrepreneur, you're kind of terrified. You ink this deal, you tell a bunch of people we got acquired and all that stuff. And then if you don't hit that earnout, I mean, and it happens more than I think we happens a lot. Care, yeah, I care to admit. I was terrified that, you know, you'd try to get into these these kind of negotiations, shady tactics. Oh, I caught you on this clause in the contract, but they were fantastic to work with and they were very honest in their dealings and we actually got paid out a hundred percent of the entire deal. So that's great. I, I'm very happy. And and did that did you guys have investors or did that go really to you and your three co your two co founders? hundred percent bootstrap, which was a that's really great. fun experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so real quick, before we get into my favorite part of the show, I wanna go in and talk about Dolly. And guys, before I do that, I'll link to Edric Jenker, I'll link link to the press release, I'll link to the math that Chad just described in the show notes at Nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 121 again forward slash the top 121 so just to summarize the total uh the math that uh chad got basically on that deal which was back in 2014 was the mrr which was 60k times 12 which is annualized times about a 4x multiple which equals about 2.8 million dollars and there was obviously an earnout portion but they worked and they got all of that which is uncommon so a successful exit for a bootstrap guys that left an agency and chad you turn around and you go into the moving business <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at its core, I love building things that matter. You said that in the bio. And for me, I said, hey, this is going to be the way that we move things. We're not going to be using U-Haul. We're not going to be paying traditional moving companies to do this stuff. We're not going to be finding Randy on Craigslist to move my stuff. This is the way <laughs> that we're going to do it. And no one else was doing it at the time. So I said, why not me? And I'm going to do this. So walk me through. How much have you guys raised? What's the thesis? How do people pay you? Yeah, so we've raised 10 million bucks uh, through a Series A, and the way that people pay us is that they sign up, they use the app, they, we take a 20%-ish cut, depending on the job, uh, of everything that happens within the network. So it's it's a pretty straightforward model that gets really complex when you start looking at all this edge use cases and whatnot. Now, when you guys did the when you guys did the Series A, were you uh, and you raised you raised 10 million all in the Series A or was split up? Uh, we did 1.7 in the seed and eight in the in the Series A. Eight in the Series A. And what was the valuation on the Series A? We did not disclose or disclose that, unfortunately. What was like the range? The range, let's in the 50 million range. Okay, in the 50 million range. That's crazy. So. It, the reason I asked that is because you know I can get kind of get a good sense of the temperature of the market based off SaaS entrepreneurs I talk to on the show, and I'm I'm seeing people right now getting valuations that are like 25x top line revenue, which is just like blows my mind. Like 25x, I'm talking top line annual revenue. Right. I mean, are you when you guys raised because it was recently? I mean, are you seeing crazy valuations like that? Yeah, I think valuations are a bit high right now, um, as especially in these kind of Uber for X type economy, and I think it all for me is driven around. 
I think everyone thinks there's something really interesting with this gig economy and what's going to pan out and which assets are going to work and which ones aren't. And so I think all the investors are saying like, hey, if, if I can click on this one, it'll it'll make up for the ones that I don't click on. And so I think we're in this period right now of, of figuring out which of these models are going to work for this space. And a lot of them are. And, and I'm confident Dolly will be one of them because of the unique asset that we're leveraging, which is pickup truck owners instead of Prius owners, which if you look at Postmates and Instacart and all these other companies, they're all competing for the same person in the same vehicle. Yep. I think that's really interesting for like, if you think of your labor acquisition costs, that's a really difficult balance to maintain. So we'll be looking at the different businesses that the asset makes sense and you can acquire it cheaply. And so I, I think there's just big bets happening. So yeah. So am I right in saying, basically you're saying the sharing economy has tapped a lot of automotive kind of form factors, but the pickup truck, you don't, you're not going to see an Uber pickup truck. So you are now leveraging, that is a sharing economy form factor. The first way you're leveraging that is moving, but there's a whole breed of things you could build on top of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hauling delivery. We were partnered up with companies like Crate and Barrel. Like, how do you think about that entire experience? And when you start breaking it down and you're kind of a consumer and making the switch to business mentality, you're like, oh man, this is terrible. It takes two weeks to get something delivered from Crate and Barrel normally. And it's overpriced. And it's these guys that aren't background checked and could be felons. Like, what is this moving experience to say, wow, Dolly can go in and change all of that? Like, hell yeah, sign me up. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win 100 bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Top Tribe, one of my favorite tools that I use to pump out great blog content and to really hire growth hackers on demand is Growth Geeks. It's a great tool. I use it for my blog, for my images, to help with the podcast production. And I worked out a great deal with the founder because he was on the show. Go to growthgeeks.com forward slash the top to start a free trial right now. Again, growthgeeks.com forward slash the top. I love that. I feel like I could hug Dolly. So guys, we will link to Dolly in the show notes at NathanLacka.com forward slash the top one, two, one. Chad, you know what time it is? Yes. What? It is the top five, I think. Boom. That's close. It's time for the famous five. Famous five. (laughs) Number one, dude. What's your favorite business book? Uh, it's, I think it's got to be Getting Real by Jason Fried uh, from from Basecamp. That that book is what I read, Quit the Agency, and I built an Edring Checker entirely off of it. Uh, for better or worse, we definitely made some bad decisions by following it entirely like a Bible, but <laughs> fantastic. I love Jason Fried. He's, he's a king in my book. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Well, I, if I could have a, a an Elon Musk statue in my in my house and in my <laughs> office, it, it would be that. Um, but I would say definitely Elon, but also Ben Horowitz. I'm reading his book right now, and it's uh, it's a fantastic book as well. It is a great book. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Evernote? I think that for me, Slack has been a really big game changer, specifically the Slack bot stuff. But I think really the the core that really gets excited for me is is this idea of connecting these all these new apps and technologies all together. And Slack is doing a great job of that. Number four, as you're building this empire, Chad, yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? I'm a big believer in sleep. So yes. Nice. I love that. Good. Okay. And how old are you now? I'm 28. 28. Okay. Take us back eight years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? I think that 
it's it's to really not overvalue an idea and really and really value the execution of ideas and in becoming a craftsman in some capacity. And for me, that's it's turning out to be product. Um, and so it's saying like, hey, I'm just going to go and execute these ideas. I'm going to try to execute them at a very high level, at a craftsmanship level. How do I go do that? Go and start accomplishing that right away. Instead of waiting to find the right person and the right thing, just just work on that craft and, and dedicate myself to it. Guys, Chad is definitely a craftsman. You don't have to look past his perfectly curated hair to see that, but Chad, taking back from your exit in Edring Checker for somewhere yeah. around three million bucks to the big success Dolly is, great market cap, growing like crazy. Thank you, sir, for taking us to the top. All right, thank you. You bet, bye-bye. Guys, if you were digging what Chad was laying down, go back and listen to yesterday's episode with Justin and Tara Williams. They are a cute couple that netted $4 million in real estate doing over 150 deals. Go check them out. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.